I want to keep in theme. Pastor called me and, and, and asked me to bring the, the word tonight. I want to I want to keep in step with um, with some of the stuff that he's been talking about. And the reason that I want to do that is because the some of the very things that he has been saying that the Holy Spirit has been giving him are some some things that God has been dealing with me about. I mean, you talk about confirmation. And you, like the, the message that came out last Wednesday night, he was talking about works, is the very thing that God has been dealing with me about. And, and, and so as he was going through uh, the works, and I was thinking to myself, you know, if I'd done a message on this, I would cover this section right here too, and then we would talk about it from this angle. And then he called me and he said that, and I was like, all right, Pastor, look, I want to know if you're okay with me covering some of this, some of the scriptures that you covered last week, and we're going to cover some other ones too, because this stuff has really been, I, I would almost say, it's like God, how do I say this? You can be asleep, it's not like we're asleep, but there's areas in our life where we're asleep, mm-hmm. and we're sleeping. You may not be sleeping on salvation. You may not be sleeping on that, but you might be sleeping on love. You might be uh, asleep on forgiveness, uh, but you might not be asleep on charity. You see, something that God has shown me is that you can be flat asleep on certain areas in your life spiritually, just dead asleep. and And people trying to wake you up and you won't wake up. You know, it's like when your kid's being in a deep sleep. It's like, would you wake up? That kid sleeps so hard. It's like there are certain topics that we just are sleeping on. And it's just like we don't get them. And when God began to deal with me, and I want to be a little transparent here, as God began to really deal with me about works and something that Pastor, the things that Pastor was saying, because I'm sitting back there thinking, man, that's it. That's it. That's what God has been dealing with me about. He has been opening my eyes and reminding me and waking me up about the importance of works. And how important it is not to just have the faith, but you got to have the works to go with it. And so every time I think I'm done with it, I'm like, okay, well, that was a good message. You know, that was a good topic. That was a good discussion. Or even Sunday school, we brushed up on it a couple times. I think that's great. And then God brings it back around again. And he brings it back around again. And I don't think it was by chance that we have this opportunity to do this tonight so we can discuss further. And, and as Pastor does, and I want to keep that theme the same. We want to have a discussion tonight and discuss some of these things and cover these scriptures. And yes, I know some of them that we did talk about um, uh, last week, uh, but I also had his permission to, to rehash some of this stuff and to go over it with you. So if you would, took to the, uh, turn to the book of James, and uh, let's go to chapter 2. And I want to share some things that just been on my heart. <clears throat> yeah, James chapter 2. And to tell you what I'm about to tell you as you're getting there, um, I there's a, there's always a chance that by saying what I'm about to say, it could offend some people. Some some people may take it the wrong way, and, and I don't mean it the wrong way by any means. I mean it respectfully. Uh, but Pastor and I have been discussing this, and there's just been some things, I think, over the years in the church realm um, that we just have to admit that have just been heavily emphasized as, as maybe we were even younger in the church and grew up and heard certain things. And, and faith is just one of those things. 
especially if you went to a Western Pentecostal church. It's always been about faith. It's always been heavily emphasized. There's nothing wrong with that, though. But I, I do want to say that this is something that, uh, that I'd say that it seems to me that the church is, is awake on a certain aspect of faith, but they're sleeping on the works. And God is telling us, and this is what he was telling me and dealing with me about it. He's like, hey, wake up. These go together. They're not meant to be apart. And so when you really think about that, and I really meditated on it because he will not, he has not left me alone about it. It's been an ongoing thing. And so I can feel, and, I, and I'll explain it this way, I can feel this clash inside of me. And this is the way I want to explain it. I feel this clash there's this part of me that was always taught and trained in faith. I've read books on faith, lots of books. Kenneth Hagin, I've studied some of the old evangelists and read their books, and I'm just being enamored in faith and the power of faith and how amazing it is and seeing miracles take place and all these things. And I think, man, that's the pinnacle. That's the pinnacle right there. That's it. we got to get there. And, and not realizing that the Bible tells us as important as faith is, if there's if you miss the other half, because it you'll notice in these scriptures, it won't separate the two. Now that should make you really think. It won't separate them. It keeps them together. And I really thought about that. And I felt this clash because there was this side of me that really is locked into this faith. And then there's this other side of me that's like the work side or the side that says this is what you're supposed to do to back up what you believe. And I'm thinking, how did I miss that? How, how did I miss that part? How did I miss that there should be certain things that you're doing that follow what you believe? How in the world have I been sleeping on that? And what, how in the world did I sleep on the fact that he's saying that my faith could possibly be dead? Which really is flat disturbing. I was like, well, that's disturbing. No, that can't be me. No way. Uh, I refer back to the gentleman that was up here uh, uh, when we played that video. And he, he said, uh, the Lord told him, I quote, the first thing out of his mouth, your faith is dead. <laughs> he said, are you telling me this? I'm a preacher. I'm a teacher. You can't be telling me this. No way. And I thought, you know, that's really interesting because I start to see a correlation uh, between that kind of frame, that, that attitude, that frame of mind, and then what he says to the one who thinks he's a believer when he stands before him. And he said, I preached and I've done all these things. He said, I don't know you. Never knew you. I don't even know who you are. Now, how that exact, now, if that's. A literal statement or if there's other things in there I don't know we won't know until that time but we obviously know there's a severity a severity in missing a part of this really truly I'm missing a part of this and so um, I, I want to talk about that tonight in um, starting in verse 14 we just kind of want to break these down piece by piece and you guys uh, raise your hand if you have a comment um, and let's keep, our, let's keep our comments on topic, if possible, please. Uh, verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? 
what what do you have actually at the what's what comes right after the works? You see, do you guys have uh, some punctu punctuation there? Question mark. question mark. That's a question. What does it profit if someone says he has faith but does not have works? That is a direct, he's directly addressing faith right there. He's saying, Get it, what, what is it? Where's the profit? What good did it do you to have the faith but not have something to go with it, which was the works? And he says, Can faith save him? And Pastor, I believe you covered that very scripture last week. Can faith save him? Well, see, that's where that's where the conflict begins to happen, isn't it? Because we automatically you feel something rise up in us. Wait a second. Because I've yes, yes, faith can save him. And you see, you realize that your upbringing and what you've heard all those years. And been emphasized and emphasized and emphasized faith, 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 faith. And then when it says, can faith alone save? And you're like, eh, the brakes get hit. Whoa. Hold on just a minute. Something's out of place here. Because I thought it was just all about faith. I thought you just believed and then it's like, okay, well, the grace, right? Because, Pastor, you mentioned that last week and I thought that was really good. It's all about the grace. Grace did it all, right? Grace saves. And I've heard that in the, in the young, see, when I was, I think I was 16, saved on a Wednesday night, I think it was about right there, 16 years old, and, and, and ever since then, you hear in those circles, it's faith. Y'all, works can't save you. How many times have you heard that? Works can't save you. It's got to be by faith. And I was like, and it took me a while to, to get it. And I was like, wait a second. Why did you separate the two? We got to have both. We gotta have both. And so what do you think? What do you think about this? What do you think? What do you think about this first statement right here when he's saying that can faith alone save you? What is that? I mean, what, what do you think about that? Does that does that not kind of make you step back and say, whoa, what are you what are you talking about? Well, you know, this whole section of scriptures here is kind of really back and forth on the same subject in a common yeah. If you think about it, faith dies if it doesn't have works feeding it. That's it. And then it's dead. Mm -hmm. <coughs> works feed faith. That's it. Uh, and, you know, I'm sadly we live in a church world today, and you said it. Uh, I don't think that's practiced much at all. And, and, and I'm not talking about in generality. I don't know what goes on that stage. Sure. But need to ask another question. What happens when faith does die because works are not feeding? That's a good question. What, 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 where are we at? Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think... It goes back to the jangling or sounding similar brass. It's, it's just making noise. Exactly. And I don't think it happens... I don't think it's something that happens immediately. I think it's something that happens over time because like you said, faith... I mean, works feeds the faith. It's, it's what keeps it alive. And so it's, I think it's something that happens over time. We become either numb or we lose sight of the fact that there, there should be things that go with our faith. And, and it just, it's like this slow erosion that happens to our faith over time. And, and I think that this is where the danger comes in because those people still come to church. They're still sitting in churches and pews, listening to messages. But the works 
are gone. There's nothing else to actually go with it. Right. That's that's it. That's good. All about me strangle space to death. Yes. Yeah. You're not going to work when it's all about you. You might as well just go ahead and admit it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll work for yourself. Exactly. But when it's all about yourself, then your faith is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. So, who else? Does anyone else got to comment on that? You want to say anything? Does that fall in line with the scripture that you honor me with your lips, but your heart are far, your heart was far from me? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if your heart is lined up with God, you're going to want to mm-hmm. you're going to want to do the works right. instead of instead of being all bark. You'll have that fight. Absolutely, and that's a good deal. <laughs> it won't be just barking; there'll be some fighting involved. That's good. Yes. So that is a work. Everything he says were works. He didn't say you didn't have faith in me. He said you didn't feed me. That's it. You didn't clothe me. You didn't visit me in prison. Going off what she just said right there. Now can you can you just can you just see the danger in playing with just faith alone? And and can you see how much of the church today only sees it from that angle? And so you and well, let's continue to read because I don't want to get I want to I don't want to get caught in one place here. Because there's a bit of information to cover, but it's a, we've got to come to an agreement there that is on we're walking on dangerous ground when we think that we it's all just about this one side and we're going to forget the other side. I think we're going to be extremely disappointed, and I think that's what the the scriptures are alluding to when we stand before him and say, "Hey, we know you," and he says, "No, I don't know you. You didn't do the things that I said to do. So how in the world did you say that you know me?" You didn't. And so that's that's heavy. And it, yeah, go ahead. It, so it says, can faith save you? Faith can save you, but you still have to do the work. You still have to repent. Yeah, the initial, yeah. The initial, the initial thing when always, still, yeah. When there's still, even it's in like the beginning, there's still, you still have to, you still have to have the work. Well, you think about the requirement that's actually, if you go, you talk about open confession. Let's, let's use that as an example, because that's usually how it starts. It's like, there's got to be this open confession and to me, that is the work itself coupled with the faith. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm not in secret. I go out and whether it's in a congregation or, if, or wherever it's at, you come to the front, that's the work. Yeah. You come to the front and it's like we exercise that where the faith ignites and then we put a work with it. And I don't even know if we realize that that's what's going on. Yeah. At that very moment, you get to couple the two together and then see something birthed. And see, but that's the theme that what you experience within that couple minutes, that's the theme for the rest of your life. It's faith works, faith works, faith works. Just a continued motion. Well, she said that. I have talked to people, I'm sure, as a pastor, and we've heard people our whole lives who said simply, well, I just got saved in my living room 25 years ago. Nobody knew it but them. Right. You yeah. know, <laughs> I got saved in the woods. I've heard them say it. I got saved in the woods, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. And I heard that the, one. the works was never there. The faith was there, never there. There was never no action. Mm-hmm. They weren't in church for those last 25 years, but yet they want to tell you, yeah, I got saved 25 years ago. Yeah, if there was something there that was sparked, no work, was it just there. fizzled out. Yeah. yeah, that's that's good. That's a good point. That's that I've, I've always told the youth. They, they, had a, they may 
have experienced an emotional moment, but they did not experience a spiritual moment. Right. And that's good. And that's where a lot of people are at today is they just have that emotional moment. Yeah. And and let's be real, and that's what's happened today. And when I I'm always careful about how I say it because I don't want people to take that the wrong way because look, we are we are a faith believing church. I get it. We believe in the gifts of the spirit. I believe it. All of those things. But the the Pentecostal church is one of those churches that have turned that into an emotional thing. And it was never meant to be that way. It was meant to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. But an emotional moment is about having your way. Well, it's in a circle. Kept in a circle. Yeah. Not meant to stay in a circle. Right. No. Uh, You know, Okay, okay. All right, so so we're, we're at, uh, can faith save him? And then and it says in verse 15, kind of like what we were just talking about, it said, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food. All right, what is daily food? It's a, it's a necessity from day to day. It's, it's a necessity from day to day. And I love how the word points that out because it makes it so plain and easy to understand. He's like, all right, well, I'll give you an example. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace and be warm to fill, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what good did it do? It don't get any more obvious than that. And so, if you'll notice what he does there, what the scripture does is it, it switches from a spiritual thing, talking about faith, and then as he's talking about works, he says, All right. Look around you. You see anybody dealing with things that you could fix, but you're not doing anything about them? That's what I'm talking about. That's what he's saying right here. He said, that's it right there. You're not doing anything. Push that just a little bit, not changing the word there. Mm-hmm. Just thought came to me. What about feeding? What's, what's our responsibility to feed the body, the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. It's good. You can't live this thing alone. No man lives alone, no man dies alone. No. Uh, and that's completely me. I'm here for me, and that's it. That's attitude. Yeah. That's not biblical at all. We're, we're called to feed the other people, feed the body. It's a, I'm not talking about necessarily food. How right. About a, you know, a smile or a good word or advice or a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just comes in. Another story that goes with this that just hit me was. We, we think, well, we don't do this. How many times have you heard somebody, or have I said it myself, you know, somebody's having problems, and the last thing you say is, well, God bless you. Hope everything works I'm going to pray for you. I'll be I'm going to pray for you. you. And that's, that's kind of like our way out of not doing anything. Yeah. Really. That's good. Because, and, and I think what, what Pastor's saying, what Waylon's saying, I think there's this, you know, and I think I, we can put them both together. I think we have been brought up in this society in such a way that we have been taught to think only about ourselves. That's the way you were taught when you were, since you were born is self-preservation, and some of those are hardwired, and I understand that. Um, uh, make sure that your family's taken care of, and, and I understand that it's getting more difficult to take care of those things. Absolutely, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. But the fundamentals of the Bible still remain true. That it, it seems to me. That in order for us to get back on track, it's going to take some serious, conscious, purposeful effort to put these things into play. Because our 
our programming and our upbringing focuses on us. It only focuses on us. It's about our income. Come on now. Amen. That's what that's that's kind of the way we we think. It's a, it's about our income. It's about uh, it's about our getting our stuff taken care of. And as Wayland said, you hear somebody. I've even said this before. I'm like, you know, who does have an issue that I could fix? You know what's so funny about that? If you've ever asked yourself that question before, you have to actually sit and think about who is in need because we're so locked into ourselves that we don't even know what it's like to think about someone else. We're like, who is in need? Who is it that I could help? And it's crazy. It's almost like it's a foreign thought that we would even think that. See, that ought to let you know how conditioned we are to think a certain way. And so I think it's going to take some purposeful effort. I think it's going to take some, I think it's going to take a, um, a bit of work on our part to kind of get out of that gearing. And, and, and as Wayland said, you, you talk to somebody and, and to take the responsibility on us, because I think sometimes we shirk the responsibility because of the stresses and the anxieties of life. How many of you have said this before? I don't know if I could take anything else. So what do we? What does that mean? Well, I'm not taking on any other burdens, especially yours. You see how that's contradictory. It's contrary. Yeah. <clears throat> I know hardly ever have a black food that you're not supposed to, just for the sake of the lesson tonight. Brother Kenny and I were in town Sunday, and we were talking about this very thing. Lord, present opportunities. We looked up, and there was one. There was one. I mean, right there walking down the sidewalk. And the guy got blessed and just tickled him to no end. Tickled me more than it did him. Mm -hmm. uh, but so many times it's what's in it for me. If I help yeah. somebody, what am I going to get out of it? Right. We don't need to work. We don't need to expect anything. Mm -mm. God's going to do the rest. Yeah, it's just getting to that first step, I think, where we're just, we're not worried about us. Worried about that person, who whoever that is, you know, and, and getting that need met, whatever. And it might take some time on your part. I don't know what it would be, but it may take some time on your part. Um, it, it may take, um, uh, we are, and this is another thing that we're kind of bad about, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. And if you've done it, that's great. I, I, I applaud you, if, you know, but because we are in a rich society, that's usually how we solve our problems. We throw money at it. And, and you think we're, we're such an affluent nation. And you're such an affluent person that you actually have the ability to do that. You can say, well, and there's nothing wrong. Look, it's great if you're blessing people financially. That's great. God bless you. I think that's fantastic. But then there's this whole, you know, I know God's going to return it to me. I hear that. Man, that bothers me so bad. People, are, people give, and then they're like, I know God's going to give it back to me. I'm like, why is that even on your mind? Why are you even thinking about that? Who cares? If you wanted to bless them, they're blessed. And you are too. <laughs> Whether you get anything back out of it or not. So, you know, let's keep moving. But, yeah, I think that those are some, that's some heavy stuff. Okay, so so destitution of daily food. And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That is a spiritual fact. Spiritual fact. I know we've already discussed it. I'm not going to rehash it. But that right there is what should make you backpedal and be like, whoa, 
You said faith without works is dead. Yes, dead. Of no avail, nothing. And that is why when they, those stand before the Lord, and he's looking at them, and he said, I don't know you. Your faith was dead. Their faith was dead. It didn't mean that they didn't preach messages or do all of these things. He's like, I don't know you. I, I, I don't know who you are. You did not follow me. You followed yourself. That's what you were after. You were not after me. Yeah, it's huge. That's, that's, man, that's... Yeah. That's yep. the end of the line right there. That's, the Lord. that's it. He's going to... Hey, wait a minute. Let me go out here and help some folks now. <coughs> no, I, was, I was telling Sean back there, I said, just with the stuff that God has, has dealt with me about in my own heart, I said, I told him, I said, you know, I'm thankful because we were talking about the grind. You know, we were just talking... You know how some things just are kind of a grind. Sometimes life is a grind. And I said, you know, it seems more and more obvious to me that I I'm just should be thankful and grateful that I'm alive and I have another opportunity to clean up my heart today. Because I'm so thankful that I am able to get some of these things taken care of before that day. Before that day. And it's a heart issue. And I'm not going to go on the tangent about the heart. But the heart is... is um, it's a really mysterious thing because that you can you've got things that go on in your heart that you hold and retain and if it sometimes you don't get those out in one service sometimes it it takes time to clean your heart out that's why I'm so grateful for every single day because I get the time to work on my heart time that's why I told I told you guys this before that's one of the things that I liked about that rabbi when he said that he said, do you know Jesus as your Savior? He said, yes. Are you ready to meet him? No. <laughs> and he said, you're not ready to meet the Lord? He said, no, I'm a work in progress. i got a lot of things that I need to work on inside of me before we meet. And that's it. I said, I've never heard anybody embody exactly the way I feel. That's it right there. i got some things I need to take care of before I leave this life. And if you doubt that, if you think, see, see Tanner, you think it's all about works. Right here. We're putting them together. Don't you think it's important? It's, it's important. There are some things that need to be taken care of and that we get right before him. Okay, so um, he said, there it is right there. There's the spiritual fact. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Do you know what he's trying to say there? Let me read that again, see if you catch it. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. He's talking about which one actually has a manifestation. It, yes, that's it. The manifester is the works. It's the proof. And, and not only is it the proof, but it's the gauge that God goes by. It's not something that you can't just, we can just optionalize and just like, like it's trivial. It's not trivial. And that's the thing that God has been really dealing with me about. It's like, oh no, this is not something that you can just pick up if you decide to, uh, like, a, uh, like a buffet line. Like you say, well, I like those. Uh, no, you're not going to just pick out works and say, I, I'll do those today. No, God is saying, it is essential you better figure it out because your faith is dead without it. 
That's I'm telling. I'm, I'm, I want to emphasize this to you tonight because this is the the way that it has hit me, and and I'm glad the pastor brought it out last week because I'm thinking, man, this is heavy. And if you think if you think that the Holy Spirit is not dealing with this church about this, I said this church because I was just talking to Haven back there. She goes, what what did you, what did you say? I said, Papa was talking about uh, works last week. She goes, that's the exact thing that I was talking to the youth about. That's the craziest thing. The you think that's by chance? Reading, the scriptures you're reading is what she read last, uh, was it last week? I talked to Haven about this tonight for the first time. I, we did not know. She didn't know that what we were going to talk about tonight. We didn't know that there was a correlation there. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is trying to send us a message. And so I thought that was, it was great. It really was. Okay. All right, so he said, um, so, so we know that the evidence is in the works part of it, not just the faith, you've got to have works. You believe there is one God. You do well. He's committed to come. There's a commendation. Good job. But even the demons believe and tremble. So what do you think? I almost take that as sarcasm. <laughs> That's why I take that. I take that as sarcasm. It's like, you believe there's a God? Good. Well, the demons believe too. So you're on the same level as them. Yeah. So so I look at that, I look at that almost like he's trying to take a jab. Like you you think you think just believing faith, believing in God is enough? The demons believe. See that right there? That's I'm telling you, for just the faith believers, that needs to shake your world. It's like, whoa, where am I asleep at here? What area am I sleeping on because he's trying to tell me right here, demons believe what you believe. They've got that part figured out. And, and the trembling, you know what that comes from? That comes from the reverence. They're like, whoa, it's, it's the, hey, look, it don't matter if it's a demon. When, when they know who he is and there's reverence, it's like, whoa, reverence, it's him, it's the boss, it's the one. And so I think that's, that's interesting. Look, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. There in that verse, you can see they believe because they know. Mm -hmm. They don't have a chance, an opportunity to really do anything. They know. A relationship with God, you know Him. Mm -hmm. It's not lip service, like you said. You know God. You ain't got no excuse from that point. Yep, that's right. <clears throat> Uh, Absolutely. And it's a wonderful thing in itself to be able to know him personally. Yes. Salvation. So why do you know God? It's through Jesus. That's it. And I want to ask a question if I may. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. How many when you got saved, you immediately wanted to do something? Oh, yeah. What he's doing, it's a work. Yep. And then what happens? What's the next question? Mm -hmm. After a while. Right. It's, it's, like you got to work for work. Yeah. Yep, you do. You have to. Yeah. And I think that's hardwired into our, our spirits. It's like you just automatically, it's like, I want to do something. Because the faith and the works are, are together. It's like, okay, now the next natural spiritual step is to get to work. This is what we do. So serve, servitudes, uh, uh, serving in the church, uh, being busy out there. All of those things are a part of that working process. And so I hope I hope that as we're covering this, that this is some stuff that you look and you're internalizing, 
and that you're looking at yourself and thinking, man, you know what? There's a couple things there that that I've been sleeping on, and I need to wake those things up, and I need to get to work because I I do believe, and that's great. That's what the this is what these scriptures are saying. Great. Now, what's the next step after the belief? Now let's go do something. Let's create something. Let's make something move. Okay. Um, but do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? <laughs> this is calling you foolish now. <laughs> foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Um, I think we talked a little bit about this last week. Um, but the thing about it was, was that, and I'll just I'll keep back on that, um, Abraham and Isaac, is that he, he literally killed his son in his heart. That's why he stopped him. See, he looks, remember, God looks on the heart, right? Literally, in his heart, he was like, I'm killing him right here. He knew it. In his heart, he had killed him. He's like, all right, stop. Stop. No need. He was going to do it. He seen it in his heart. He was like, oh, he's going to do it. Stop him. He's going to do it. So he asked, so there was a faith aspect of it. We know that. We know there's a faith aspect of it. But you notice that he, it's, it's mentioned here. That's the thing that you should take notice of. It's mentioned here. It's like, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on altar? He said, he was justified, meaning he was complete before God, in God's eyes, by being willing to follow out and carry out and work to do the work that he was asked to do. That's justification. And so that brings us to that place. It's like, okay, and, and I've had to ask myself this. It's like, yeah, there's certain things that I do, but I think it, it's, it's on an individual level. Because I don't think there's, there should be anybody that's not asking this question. It's like, okay, then what do you want me to do? What is it? Because obviously you're sending me this message for a reason. It's not just roaming around out here in the world. Hoping that somebody comes up to me and asks me who Jesus is. You with me? Obviously that's not it. So what is it, Lord, that you want me to do? And when you can ask that question with a with a sincere heart, I think God's going to lead you. He's going to say, "Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you finally asked. Then let's let's proceed, and let's take this thing a step further. Because if if we're asking God how to complete our faith, if you're asking Him, say, Father, I want to, I want completed faith. I want justified faith. I don't want just faith alone. I want to actually operate in the thing that I believe in." Believe me, God is going to open a door. Just like Pastor was saying, it's like, oh, there's somebody down here walking down the street, and it's the Lord's like, nah, 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 nah. it's like, <coughs> right there. Here's you said, well, that's meager though. That's not that big of a deal, is it not? Not to him. Uh, in both of these instances, with Abraham and Rahab, we see actions or work beyond the Lord. Yep. Way the right, what right. What did Abraham do here? What was he getting ready to do? He's going to kill his son. It was his most precious possession. Yep, the called one, the well, chosen one. The scholars say he was on the downward line. Mm. I don't know how they know that. But sure. I guess by time of use and all that, that he was always on the downward line. Mm. And the Lord stopped him. <laughs> now that's 
That's your equation. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what are we willing to give or what? What are we willing to yeah, what to what extent are we willing to go? That's that's a good question. And that raises I think that once again raises that that next question that should be challenging us. It's like what is that? What you is know, that? I'm gonna say this simple. In this life we can like a lot of things. Yeah. We can get involved in loving this or loving that and that's our prized possession and we get so bogged down in it. Yeah. That we wouldn't give it up for nothing. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a precious thing. Yeah. And then when that wears out, we're gonna go find another old piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's just an ongoing vicious cycle. It's good. And uh, when you turn your heart to God, <coughs> and that's a that, now we're talking that's a faith thing. When you truly turn your heart to God and let Him do the leading, He's gonna have you do some things you really don't want to do. Yes, He will. I can guess. You would yeah. rather keep. <laughs> That's it. That's good. It's well, I like what you said there too, and I, I want to talk about that for just a minute because you talk about giving stuff up. Because I, I think you're right about that because it gets in the way of the works itself. I, I really do. Along with what you just said right there, that's something that I, what, what Pastor was saying, that's something I learned on a personal level. That not everything God asks you to give up is necessarily sin. And that see, that's that's where people get sideways. They're like, no, well, what what this this thing here that I have is not sin. Bible didn't say that this is sin. It's like, yeah, but that's not the point. The point is that God is saying it's standing between you and me. Okay? You're in danger of idolatry. And so it's like, okay, what do you do? Do, do we even realize that that's possible? Do we even understand? Do we even realize that God would beckon us to say to for, because it all has to do with allegiance? Is the way it was with Abraham. It it had to do with allegiance. It's like, is your allegiance to me? Can you give up your most beloved possession, the thing you really love the most? This is an allegiance challenge, and so he he beckons us. And I look. The only reason I'm even telling you this is because I have been through it in my life. I can give you different stories of God coming to me, and I wrestled with him. I wrestled with him because I said, it's not sinful. And he said, I'm not, I'm not, this, is not this is not about whether it's sin or not. I'm asking you to give it up. Let it go. It's getting in the way. Well, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's like, let it go. One distraction brings another one, then you got a whole family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, told, I've told this story before, and I'm, I'm running out of time. Um, I remember when God asked me to give up entertainment and, and to, <clears throat> to quit spending all my time watching movies because I was raised that way. I was raised in entertainment. Uh, I was raised to believe that that uh, a man put in a hard day's work and they watch two movies before we go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That's, that's the way I was... That's the way I was raised. And God began to deal with me about that. He was like, hey, I want you to, I want you to, to, to lay back on that. And, and so I said, it's not sin, though. I'm not sinning. I'm watching. It's not, it's not bad stuff. Lord, I, I'm not doing it. He's like, I'm telling you, let it go. And, you know, sometimes God will ask you to do something. He won't give you a reason why. I said, well, why, though? You say, yes, I'm not going to tell you why. I'm asking you to do it. Just like Abraham. I'm asking you to kill your son. Why do I got to kill my son? I'm just telling you, go kill your son. Sacrifice. He's sacrificed. Like, okay, if you say so. 
That's that's the hardest thing is giving up the thing that we love the most and willing to. I, I really do, church. It's it's about allowing him that kind of leverage in your life that he can speak to you so personally that you would be he can actually get the the question across to you or the the command and you can actually receive something like that and carry it out. That's called intimacy. That's a deep walk. That you're going places with that. Truly, you're you're going yeah, places. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. You'll get all the wood and the donkey and the knife and everything. And just a while, you'll be thinking about this. Thing. Be thinking, how's this going to go down? Where's the sacrifice, Dad? Like he will provide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. You think about that scenario. That's that's rough. Okay, let's let's try to wrap this thing up. Um, okay, verse twenty-two. I think that's where we're at. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Oh, there's the righteousness, right? Because that's what we... Now, look, I understand that it's only through God's righteousness that, that, that we can be who we are. But we have been called to righteousness too, right? We've been called to be righteous people. If you notice how he, how he puts these together, he's saying... It was the faith, and it was the works, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So, could we, is it safe to say that we're going to have to couple faith and works together to be able to achieve the kind of righteousness that God is, is asking from us? Amen. Absolutely. Amen. It's only going to come from him, but it's going to be putting those two together. Okay, so, and he was called the friend of God. Who wants to be called a friend of God? Amen. Absolutely. I don't want to be called an enemy of God. Jesus said the same thing. He said, I call you friends. Mm-hmm. You're no longer my servant. You're my friend. Thank you. That's good. You get me emotional. I start thinking about it. <laughs> it's good. You'll be a friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? So once we, and Pastor covered this last week, so we had the justification, we had the, um, we had the spies, she hid them, because she believed in their God, and, and um, God rewarded her by bringing her and grafting her in. What a bitch. <laughs> that, that, that right there, I, I could cry forever. A grafting her in because of her desire to know the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. That's powerful. Okay, so, um, said them another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now, you've heard that scripture a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Slow down and say it slower. For as the body without the spirit is dead. Stop right there. You and I know that as an absolute truth, don't we? No spirit in the body, it's dead. That's how you identify that. You identify a dead individual as a person where the spirit has left the body. He uses that analogy. The same, in the same sentence with faith and works. And so, faith without works is dead also. That's, there's a lot of information um, here in these scriptures that are really pushing us 
to look within ourselves and to make sure our faith is being coupled with works. It, re it really is. Um, this is something that, as I said before, God has, has definitely dealt with me about. Um, leaving, I'm, I'm in the process, church. I'm in the process of leaving all kinds of stuff behind. And, and stuff you would never even see. You know, you may look at it and you may say, everything looks fine. I look at you and it looks like everything's fine. But we carry a truffle load of junk around in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Tons of stuff that we just need to be letting go of. Leave it all behind. Let it go because it's, it's hindering the actual working part of it. It's hindering it. And we've got to get to work because we're running out of time. We're running out of time. And I think that we can all agree. I think we can all agree that we're running out of time. And whether you think, you say, you know, you, we could argue all day about when we think the end of the world is and debate and all of that stuff. I don't even much really get into that conversation. I'm more concerned of when I'm actually going to die. Because that's the more unpredictable version of it. Because everyone's like, well, you better be ready when Jesus comes back. Yeah, you better. That's what the Bible says. You should be ready. With the same token... You better be ready just to leave this life. Because I may take my last breath before he actually makes the return. And that'll snatch you and get you first. And so you've got time. I've got time. Let's make sure that we're coupling our works and our faith together. Uh, because that's the thing that we're going to stand before God. And he's going to say, welcome in, good and faithful servant. I know who you are. You've been good. You're righteous. All right. Any other comments before we dismiss? Real quick one. Uh, yeah, go ahead. This something's always been near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I went through this several years ago, and I was there's some co contributing factors as to why we might not put the works with our faith, and sometimes it's we don't feel like we're ready. To, we're, we feel like that we need to work on ourselves a little bit more just to get to that point. Mm, that's uh, good. Good. I like that. And uh, fear gets in there. And then confusion, oh, what should I do? What do I need to go do? We'll just get with the basics of what's in the Bible. It tells us what to do. Start from there, and it grows. And then people just fall into your lap after that. Like, on the, they will be on the side of the road. Or, or people call yeah. you at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. If you ask for it, God is looking. God is looking. Like, it is crazy. I, I don't, I don't want to say, I want to say desperate. He's desperate for workers to get out to the harvest. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we can just stick to the basics, the very, very basics, and be very good at that, then then, we'll, then God's kingdom will grow. That's good, Josh. I've wondered sometimes too, and I thought that very thing. Like, like all of a sudden, you start see, you start having these opportunities come your way where you can minister. And now, for me personally, I've wondered if am I actually getting an opportunity, or was I just so stinking blind before that I couldn't even see it? Like being called at four o'clock in the morning. It's like, who is calling me? <laughs> I ain't answering that. Or looking at it as an opportunity. And see, only by the Spirit of God can we even see that as an opportunity. It's like, man, I need somebody needs help. I need to help them. Or are we too concerned about ourselves? That's a good I I, I appreciate you saying that, man, because that, that's good. What it comes to me is plowing, at least in the day. The Bible's written with hard work goes no tractors and anything. Yeah, that was hard. There's a verse that says, a man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back not yet to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. You don't put your energy in what you've been done back yonder. Mm -hmm. yeah. You put it in what's ahead. What's ahead. Mm -hmm. That's good. And that's work. 
Yes, it takes work. It does. That's good. Good comments tonight, church. I appreciate it. If you'd stand, we'll be dismissed. Father, we're just thankful tonight, Lord. We're thankful for your word. Your word, Father, it reigns supreme, Lord God, over anything else in this world. Father, let us take your word seriously. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us the truths and the mysteries of it, Father, as these days uh, get closer to the end, Lord, that we can see perfectly, Father God, the thing that we need to do, God, and the, the things that we need to put away. Father, I'm just so thankful, Father God, that you love us, God, that you, you think enough of us to wake us up, Father God, when we're sleeping. Lord God, that you're warning us, Father God, that the, that the times are, are, are drawing near, Lord God, and, and we're coming close to an end and a closure of, of everything that we've ever known. And Father, I just am so thankful tonight, God, that you give us the chances and the time. Father, I pray that we redeem the time, God, that we've been given and that we utilize, Father God, our prayer time uh, and, and all the things that you've given us, Father, to seek your face further. We're just so thankful for this tonight, Lord, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight.